Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Claussen. I'm an Ayurvedic wellness practitioner. I am a 500-hour yoga teacher, author, and then the host of this podcast. Um, so welcome to the show today. We are diving in or continuing on with our early winter Ayurvedic practices. So if you haven't listened to the nutrition episode that was aired last Friday, go head back to listen to that one if you haven't. Um, and we're just going to kind of have this as a continuation onto what we just did and talked about last week. So diving into this early winter season, the Himant Ritu. And again, those dates in India range from about mid-October to mid-December. And again, they want to line up to your season. So I chatted more about how to do that in the last episode. So if you haven't listened to that, you can listen to that to figure out exactly when that might be for you. Otherwise, let's kind of um, keep chugging along with our early winter practices. So right now, the dosha that's accumulating is the kapha dosha. And then that pitta dosha is pacifying. And the vata dosha we think of as kind of just kind of bubbling in the background. You know, it's, it's there with kapha. They kind of work in tangent during the winter months because it's dry. It's cold. The vata can kind of... Um, get escalated, if not being mindful of it. So the qualities of food that we want to enjoy are going to be cooked, warm, and then just heavier in nature. And our Agni or digestive powers tend to be a little bit stronger in those winter months. So really in Ayurveda, everything is about what you can digest. So digestion is king. And if you can't digest certain foods, even though they're on the list or the stuff that I talked about last week, they're going to be a no-go for you because that matters at the end of the day, more than anything else, more than any list or recommendations. It's about your body and what you can um, digest. And there are ways to improve that, but usually working with a practitioner is going to be your best bet um, versus listening to, you know, kind of the tips. So if you have some deep seated Agni or constipation or um, irritable, irritable bowel movements, those are going to be things that you want to work one-on-one with to really um, figure out and get to the root cause for you. So in general, though, we're going to kind of go over the high level overview of what's happening. We want to think about bringing warmth and movement into the body at this season, the warmth, because it's grounding to that Vata and the movement, because we need to pacify that kapha dosha, which is building, and it kind of peaks later in that spring season. So that's why this early winter season, we really want to be squashing it down so it's not at its peak in the spring months when it's common for the kapha dosha to be um, prevalent. So an early winter plan, grounding, warmth, nourishment, those can be kind of the key words that you think of in the back of your head. So what does grounding mean? Grounding in yoga in Ayurvedic terms, it kind of relates to the mind and body being present and you're able to live in the moment, meaning you're not kind of feeling like you're, um, you know, floating in outer space. So an example of this, I went to a workshop with some other healers and we did a breath work. So I now understand the difference when I have my teachers tell us, you know, refer to that as pranayam versus as breath work, because breath work that I'm seeing right now can be very vata provoking. And it kind of sounds like this. I'm going to kind of briefly just see it. So you guys might've heard of it, or you might've done these practices. So it's kind of like this. 
And then you do that for about 30 minutes. So if you think about that one, you're breathing in and out through the mouth and it's tends to be a little bit more rapid in pace. So those are both provoking to the Vata dosha. Now, when I, afterwards, one of my friends um, got done and she was like, oh, I loved it, but I love to live up in the ether, up in the clouds. I don't like to feel grounded and present. So that was an interesting observation. So just as what I was thinking, because I personally, um, a 30 minute practice like that during pregnancy, I would not recommend whatsoever um, because that's really going to, it's really going to aggravate that Vata dosha. And so that's what you do not want to do when you're pregnant. So especially first trimester, I would definitely stay away from that. And then second and third trimester, you know, you have a little bit more kapha, but you don't want to necessarily do that because you're, again, that vata is going to be provoked. You're kind of leaving your body and you're not really grounded and, um, you, you want to be grounded and you want to be present, um, feet on the ground, um, during pregnancy. So that is one where, um, it was interesting just to kind of see, okay, that's not living in the present. That's that Vata dosha getting provoked. So that would be an imbalanced Vata where we don't want to, we don't want to sink in. We don't want to feel like our feet are on the ground because maybe we're running from something that's, um, agitating to us. You know, maybe we're running from, um, something in our lives that we just don't want to deal with. So that's, that's kind of that grounded feeling. You want to be able to stay focused. Um, you don't want to be easily distracted, I always feel when I'm on my phone too much or on technology too much, I can feel it at the end of the day. I get this kind of just buzzy feeling typically just because I don't spend hours and hours and hours on my phone. But let's say on a weekend, I might've been on my phone more, just kind of scrolling. I will put my phone away, um, come evening. And that typically will do it and take care of the, um, activity for myself. And I will do that a little earlier if I feel that, um, ungroundedness. So instead of putting my phone away at seven, maybe I start to put away at five because I just know I'm not gonna be able to sleep if I continue to scroll. And if I continue to look at my screen, just because again, it's, it's feeding that Vata energy. It's making me leave. It's not, it's not letting me be present and grounded. Then on the flip side, that warmth energy that we talked about, that is going to be, you know, your food choices, your beverages are going to be warm. You're going to be dressing in layers. You're going to be having your feet covered, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. You're going to have your hands covered, your ears covered, all of that to help keep the energy grounded and not scattered. Um, because again, the temperatures in this early winter season, because again, it starts mid-October, it can be very fleeting and it can be very, it can change drastically from day to day, you know, come early October. I think we had some snowfall because I looked back at some of my pictures on my phone. I'm like, wow, forgot it snowed. You know, it melted the next day, but we did have snow in early October. And then the next day, you know, or the next week it was in the eighties. So those are kind of those sporadic temperatures. So making sure that you stay grounded. So you don't feel that um, scattered energy with the environment. And then finally, looking at that nourishment piece, this is going to be different depending on your individual goals and what you need right now. So I'm going to break it down in terms of doshas. If you feel like you're depleted in your vata, your nourishment could be more time spent in meditation, eating foods that are heavier in nature, and making sure that your routines are on point. That's usually one that vatas hate <laughs> is the routines. Now, um, I love a good routine, but I'm also pitta. So usually my pittas are like, yes, give me all the routines. Tell me what to do. I like to have things organized, but vatas don't like that. Vatas really like the spur of the moment. Um, let's go energy. We never know what's happening. Um, that needs to kind of shift, especially in the, that early winter season to keep the vata grounded. 
Now for, for Pitta, if you're feeling a little depleted in the Pitta energy, your nourishment is going to be self-care practices. You know, what fills up your cup? So for some that might be movement, others, it could be the pranayam, meditation, or just getting outside in nature. So really noticing what works for you. And then finally, if your cough is feeling depleted, get outside in nature and move your body. So that's kind of a double whammy movement and then getting out in the fresh air. So nourishment, nourishing yourself from the inside out, that's going to help kind of shake off that stuck energetic vibes, especially for that kapha dosha um, movement during the middle of the day. So if I are, you know, maybe you're towards the mid December, you know, the temperatures are kind of colder where you live getting out at that noon hour, right after lunch, when it's a little bit warmer, that's going to be helpful. All right. So now let's dive into some of the ancient text. What are some lifestyle tips that they recommend? I'm going to share three of them with you today. So the first one, Abhinyanga, I've talked about this a ton and it's one that I've personally been really implementing into my life in the evening routines now during pregnancy. And Abhinyanga is just self-massage and it really means to self-love in Sanskrit. So as you're massaging that warm oil on your skin, really being mindful of like, how does this feel? How can I connect deeper with myself? How am I loving myself? Um, And really just trying to nourish your body in that regard. So what I've personally been doing, um, I have an oil that's been specific for pregnancy right now, and I've been heating it up. I have a cup that I use a, you know, a set mug, I should say, and I heat it up in the, in the microwave. You can totally do the stove, but I just going to be honest. I do the microwave because it's easier and it's faster. And, um, I dip my fingers in it and then I just start at my feet and I massage and I massage all the way up my legs. I massage my arms. Um, I do a little bit with my scalp and it feels wonderful. And so the best oils are going to be just a sesame oil for the Vata dosha. And then you can also do some, um, infused oils. So like a lavender infused oil is always great for, um, you know, all three doshas. I personally have, um, another brand that I've been working with Osi it's OSI and I'm going to have the founder on the podcast in a little bit. She's going to be a guest and I have a 10% off. Um, I'll put that in the show notes, a 10% off discount code, just Andrea 10 at their website. So I'll, sh- I'll put that all in the link, the show notes. And, um, in case you're interested in buying some oils that you're like, Ooh, I don't really like the smell of sesame. Cause I've had quite a few people recently are like, what do you recommend? And I'm like, just the sesame oil that smells disgusting. What else do you got for me? And I totally get that. I don't use this personally. I don't use sesame oil for the same reasons. Cause I don't want to stink like sesame oil when I go to bed. And so I like a little bit more, um, oils that have a little scent or they're infused with a couple different ingredients. And that's why I like the, the Osai oil, because that's going to be infused with some different things that are going to make you smell good. And you're not going to kind of stink. I would also recommend, I personally have been putting a towel down on my couch Um, and then I will do my massage. So I'm just sitting on my couch and I'm usually watching, you know, whatever show that I have on, you can do it meditating. You can do it, um, just kind of with soft music in the background, but whatever kind of is nourishing to you. My son also will do it with me. Um, I've gotten him onto it just because he sees me do it. And then sometimes he wants to do it to himself as well, or he will ask to massage my feet. And I'm like, yes, that sounds amazing. So little ways like this that you can incorporate kiddos into that routine. Now the next tip um, in the ancient text, so I'm pulling from the Astanga Hridium text, keeping your feet warm. So the ancient texts emphasize this, um, good footwear, 
Why? Because it can cause a vata aggravation. So if your feet are constantly cold, maybe your limbs are, maybe it's always your hands, making sure that you're staying warm, having good footwear, wearing the socks, wearing the slippers, um, just to stay warm. I know for me, I used to go snowmobiling when I was younger, um, especially with my dad, we would put little, um, the heat warmers in my boots and in my mittens. And then I still would get, my hands would still get cold. And so I would put them on the, the steering where my, where my dad would steer. And then he would put his hands on top and it was a, a heating, heating steering thing. And so all of that can kind of help. So if you're thinking about how can I incorporate this, depending on what activities you're doing, those are some ways you can do it. Another idea is sunbathing. Now, depending on where you live for us here in Minnesota, you're not going to necessarily sunbathe in the middle of January. It's a little chilly. Um, so you're just going to maybe sit out in the window and just like your cat does. If you have a cat, like my cat loves to just sit and lay in the, in the warm sun rays, you know, and that's kind of what you're thinking about doing as well, just to kind of, um, bring in some warmth to the body. All right. Now my last one from the text, um, this is going to be a Genta Gentaka. I'm not sure if I said that right, but it's modern day sauna. So enjoying the warmth of a sauna, whether it be a red light sauna, whether it be a traditional sauna, that's going to help pacify the vata. And then it's also going to help keep things moving for the kapha because you're going to be sweating. So that sweating can help reduce kapha accumulation in the body. Now, my only caveat, if you're experiencing a pitta imbalance, you might be want to be a little bit more mindful of how much sauna you do. So maybe you don't do like a full 30 to 40 minute session. Maybe you just do a 10 to 15. Um, maybe you don't go every single day. Maybe it's a couple days a week. So just kind of being mindful if pitta tends to be um, an aggravated dosha for you. But I personally, I, I love an infrared sauna in the winter months. I started going last year. Obviously I'm not right now during pregnancy, but I usually would go three to four times a week. Um, I just had a membership at a local um, kind of wellness center here and they offered some great, some great um, packages. And so I would go for 30 to 40 minutes, really good for the Vata. I did it as a meditative experience and a mindfulness practice. So my phone was out of the, the booth with me. I didn't turn on the TV. They had TV, they had music options. I didn't do any of that. It just sat in silence. So it was kind of a second meditation um, of the day for myself in the winter months, which again, I highly recommend. And um, I'm going to chat more about how to tap into that stillness, which has been kind of a focus for myself this winter. So, and it's also regulating to the nervous system. So how can you kind of keep things relaxed and calmed? So that would be an option as well. All right. Now I just have two more um, kind of remedies, I guess, for the early winter seasons. So one, Oja's boosting tea. So what can happen in the winter months? We can get sick. So Chowan Prash is a great, um, it's an herbal jam. It's an Ayurvedic herbal jam. And it's typically made up of amalaki, spices, ghee, and then a sweetener like honey or a jaggery. And so you can find this um, at many different sites, Banyan Botanicals, uh, Taste of India, um, any Ayurvedic grocery store. So Chowan Prash is going to be, uh, you take about a teaspoon and you put it into warm water and you stir it up and you can just enjoy it that way. You can also just take a teaspoon of Chowan Prash without the warm water, but the warm water is great for just, if you want a little something at night, um, or boosting again, you're boosting your ojas, that vital energy, and it's also helping your immune system. So it's kind of a nice double whammy, um, tea there. Now, my next kind of remedy is for cracked heels. So we're going to kind of circle back to the Abhinyanga. So massage, massage, massage. It's going to really help those cracked heels. Um, whatever oil you're using, 
really just kind of go to town on the heels. I personally had, I was noticing my, one of my heels was pretty cracked and at every Abhinyanga practice at night, I just kind of, I did my whole body. And then I circled back to the heel again. And I just kept putting it in there, the extra oil that I had. And they really did within a couple of weeks, I noticed a huge difference and they're almost all fully healed now. So this could be a practice again. If you're, if you're patient, um, that warmth, it's going to be, it's going to help you out. So be patient with that. Um, keep practicing. Also, again, during the day, if you're barefoot a lot, I personally love to be barefoot, but I do have my slippers. So having slippers, having socks, that's also going to help you in those um, colder winter months around your house. All right. So that's what I have for you for the early winter season. We'll dive back in during the late winter season, which is going to be here before we know it, since that starts, you know, at the end of December here, according to Ayurveda. So we'll tap into that in January. I'll give you some tips for the upcoming season. Um, if you want to go even deeper with, you know, winter, winter wisdom and winter medicine, um, make sure you check out the seasonal living winter collective. We start January 9th. Um, we're going to be diving into balancing our ojas. So we're going to get some more ojas building tip. We're going to tap into the moon and the lunar cycle, um, our divine self. We're going to talk about how to awaken our own medicine woman with that lies within us. So it's a lot of the times we're you know, we've kind of forgotten some of the deep connections to these practices and we're going to kind of reawaken them because, you know, in our bones, we kind of know them, but, um, tapping into that trust again. So those are going to be kind of our topics for the four week seasonal living collective here in January. All right. Thank you all so much and go out there and spread your peaceful power.